0: Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in depth with independent filmmakers about the filmmaking process. Today with me, I have Gabrielle Cody. She is a working actress. Um, she's been on the ID Channel and Teen Vogue. Um, she's done a recently done a proof concept project for Netflix, which is super exciting. Um, and she's also graduated with a business degree. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle. Thank you. thanks so much for having me, Andrew. Of course. Now <laughs> you're an actress and you're working. That's yes. what everybody wants. <laughs> yeah <laughs> How did you um, how did your story go? Like how did you get here
1: Well, okay. so I got into it in high school, in uh, high school theater and I really liked it. so I tried just you know submitting some, some headshots here and there. And I didn't really get any traction, so I just kind of waited a little bit, and then I got into community theater. And there I realized, you know what, I I like this. You know, I can maybe do this as a job. And um, actually something that really sticks out to me, I was in my senior year English class, and the teacher goes, okay, everybody, get a piece of paper out. You know, you're going to college next year, or you're supposed to. uh, Write down what you want to do. You know, what, what do you like? And everybody had these lists of things like scientists. Uh, they want to do math, accounting. They want to do all these different things, cooking. And I only had acting on it. <laughs> and everyone was like, what'd you put, what'd you put? And I was like, oh, uh, you know, I don't know, like business, you know, like something. Because I only liked acting. And then from that moment, I went, oh, my God, this is what I want to do. Then I got to do it. So I kind of kicked myself in the butt and I said, let's do this. And that's kind of where I started. I just, Yeah. Started from there. <laughs> well, that's
0: good. It sounded like, you know, you knew what you wanted to do and you were focused. Mm-hmm. So yes. you weren't like, oh, should I be a scientist or a veterinarian? It, it wasn't like a push-pull. Um, so you went kind of full on towards acting. And um, so you start with community theater, um, did a couple of short film projects. Yes. And did you have to have that tape? Do you have to have that reel in order to kind of get noticed? yes and no there's there's always
1: a an array of answers for a lot of the questions in acting and what to do and you don't need a reel when you're starting out because if you haven't done anything you have no footage so it's nothing to you know feel bad about um but to get into bigger projects usually or to do things on tv you want to have a reel so people know okay we're looking at you you've done stuff or we can see your work and you know you have credibility and we know what you can do and we see your strengths and your weaknesses and, you know, we'll hire you. So the further along you go in your career, of course, you're going to need a reel. And it's an easy way for someone to go, I don't know you, but hmm, you were really good right there. I'll hire you. So, yeah, in the end, you will need a reel. But in the beginning, you can use audition tapes, anything. You can do a monologue to like what we're doing now. I have a phone on a tripod. You can go against the plain background, do a monologue, and that could be, you know, your reel when you're starting out. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, there you go. Make sure you have good lighting because that counts. Okay.
1: <laughs> Amazon I'm telling you get a lighting kit really cheap, and then I have one now. I bought like three lights. You just plug it into the wall, and you have good light.
0: That's great. I use that stuff like for photography. I don't know if I got it off Amazon or eBay, but just yeah. just a cheap I'm thing. Sorry. You just need lights, and it's all in how you position them. Uh-huh. It's not too intimidating. <laughs> not at all. And um, so now you have an agent and a manager. How? What's the difference between the two? And um, like, how did you? How did you get to that point? Okay, so
1: um, getting those two, it um, I, the two that I have now, I love them and they're a great. We're just a great team, and I'm really happy with the ones that I have. But I didn't have them in the beginning, so I started being my own agent and manager first, and I had to do all these other things and figure out contracts and all that, which I know we'll talk about later. Uh, but I had a couple managers before, the one I have now, and I had an agent before, and it's kind of like a relationship. You know, it, it can't be all of you or just all of them doing it, it kind of needs to be even. You both are working together, so when you're looking for an agent or manager, you can't just sign because, oh my God, someone's interested in me, or, mm. oh, it's, it's an agent, because it's not going to work in the end if you guys aren't working together and you don't have you know good chemistry as a team, because it is a business. Like, you know, show business, but it's the show part that's also the business part. And mm. you want to have a good team. So for me to find an agent and manager, what I did was what they used to do back in the day, which was the old school ways, what they say, where they get a hard copy of your headshot and your resume, you stick it on the back of one another, and you put it in a little envelope, and you write out the address, and you send it off. And usually... You might not get a response because it is harder. They just stack up on like the agents and managers desk mm. and they might throw them out. But there's always a chance. One day someone's like, oh, let's just go through the pile and they might pick yours up. So that's what I did in the beginning. And then nowadays you can email as well. So there's a ton of casting websites and um, I can list a few. Like Backstage is a really great site. And that's where I got my first agent and manager off of. And you just go in and they list a bunch from A to Z of agents and managers, and they give you the contact info, where they work, like the address. And you have to do your research, because some don't like unsolicited things. Hmm. But that's how I got them. I emailed. The hard copies didn't work to send in, so don't try it if you don't want to. But you know, you never know. Um, so I prefer email, because nowadays a lot of people are emailing to receive headshots and resumes. And I did that, and it worked. So I got a response. I mean, I did a ton. I think I sent about over 100 emails every day, always sending them. Yeah. I I, I know one time, like in the summer, eight hours a day, I was actually just working to send, send, send and researching and doing this. So you really have to be motivated and you want to do it. But that's how I got my first agent and manager. Uh, I went to backstage and I just found them and sent sent my materials over and fingers crossed, you know?
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then you caught the attention of um, agents and managers. So what is the different between an agent and a manager
1: okay so for an agent they are going to be taking less out of your commission so an agent there, there's fine lines for what they do because sometimes they can kind of do the same things but agents basically they will handle your legal stuff they will you know if you're with a let's say you're auditioning for someone and they're like okay we want you but we want to pay you this much your agent will be negotiating for you not your manager And your agent only takes 10% if you're a part of the union, so SAG-AFTRA. If you're not in union, could change, could be a little more. There's just so many fine lines to see who does what, but they they submit you all the time. Hmm. That's what agents do. And then managers, they're managing your career. So they're making sure you and the agent and them are all on the same page. They're making sure if you have a PR person, you guys are all, you know, they're coordinating everything for you. And they'll also be able to help you make decisions on like, hey, which audition tape do you like better or this and that. So they're... I feel like managers are kind of the backbone of making sure everyone's working together, and the agents the backbone of making sure you're getting out on those jobs, making sure like this is the time where you got to go. So everyone has a huge part. It's just a little different with how it works. And then managers will take, they can take anywhere from 15 to 20 to 25 percent.
0: And I imagine the manager is more like looking out for your career, for the image. Um, yes. From what it sounded like, the agent is more like, oh, well, let's get you out here. And mm-hmm. put you in front of all these people, and here are a bunch of roles that you can take. And your manager might look at that and say, "Okay, this you want to look for. This might not be what you want."
1: Yeah, and it can go both ways too. If the manager hears of something, they'll send it to the agent, and the agent will submit. Yeah, so they're really just working hand in hand. And maybe your agent doesn't approve of it, so your manager's like, "You know what? Never mind. Like, we're not going to do it." And they'll. So yeah, everyone yeah works together. But oh wow,
0: so it's like a it's a big relationship. Yes, that's good. But you have other people looking out for you too, which is which is nice. Um, So you go on your first um, audition, interview, whatever. Um, What what do you? How do you plan? What do you? What can you expect?
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, let's see. Um, No, it depends. If you're doing theater, very different. Uh, You will need to go very early if you're non-union, I think about 6 in the morning. Leave on a train, depending on where you are, if you're going to the city, you would probably, if you're in the city, you can leave a little later. But if you live in Jersey or, you know, live further out in New York, um, you have to leave probably 4.30 in the morning on a train. Get to where you got to audition by 6 o'clock if it's for Broadway or anything that is for the union if you're non-union. And then you sit outside and you sign your name on a little piece of paper. And this is for AEA, for anyone wondering, because for television and film, it's SAG-AFTRA for the union, but for theater and Broadway and off-Broadway, that is AEA for their union. So you'll sign on a piece of paper that you're non-union, and you just wait. It is a waiting game. I mean, really. like You just sit, you wait, and if they have a slot, you're able to get in, then you audition. But if you're union and you're going to a theater audition, put your name on the list, you have your scheduled time, you go in, and you audition. So that's for theater and you always bring a song book if it's for a musical for a play you usually prepare one to two monologues contemporary and dramatic if not they'll tell you come and you'll read a scene so it really all depends for theater and for film and television you'll have sides usually so they're these they're audition sides that's what they call them and you, mem- you memorize big big thing and in new york and la it is different like people say with film and tv and commercials there is. There's a difference, but like the one thing on both coasts is that everyone's working hard and everyone's memorizing. Like you need to memorize and know your lines. Now you don't have to. If you forget or you're not completely off book, it's not gonna fault you for anything. But to be fully prepared, you should memorize because it just it's easier to work with. You know the camera. Like I'm talking to you. will you can see the connection in my eyes, and versus just like looking at a paper like this going I like. It won't look as good. So always be prepared. Bring it, like and if you know your lines, bring them with you. Because you don't wanna be there and blank and then not know your lines. Because that that has happened to me too. Even though I've had my lines in the room, it still has happened and you never know, you know? And then you always wanna bring, I think, water and a snack. I most people don't think of that, but you need to be prepared. And if you're nervous, you get like dry mouth, you wanna drink sip before you go in, bring a snack that's healthy. And doesn't get stuck in your teeth so like carrots, celery, anything that you don't need floss. But I would also say bring some floss if you have a granola bar because you're going to be smiling. So they're going to see all your little pearly <laughs> whites. And, you know, you don't want just a piece of food sticking right there.
0: No, it's um, like, oh, yeah, she was great, yeah. but something in her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what they remember. Already, you don't want that to be the takeaway.
1: <laughs> you, no, you, you really don't. And then if you're having a kissing scene, so if you have a callback or you're going for a chemistry read, bring mints, you know, be considerate of your other scene partner. Also, let's see, headshots, resume, always bring that, a hard copy, because even if they say we have it, it's in the system, no, you bring one, because that day there might be a different casting director, casting assistant, they want to see it, so always do that, and always have them stapled. I know some people like to glue them, but Out in L.A., I, like, learned it's better to staple it, too. So just staple your headshot and resume and put it in a little folder. You know, that's it. And then I feel like that's basically how to prep for, you know, an audition. And then commercials, it's different. You usually wear bright colors for a commercial. Like, if you're going for a certain business or brand, you know they have a certain color that they use. Wear that T-shirt because subconsciously, like, the people that are casting you will be, oh, red. Red goes with this brand. Oh, mm." and, like, it actually helps you have a better chance of booking the job. Mm. Not. So they're just little things that you would, you know, need. And usually for commercials, you're not prepped. You just go there, they hand you the piece of paper and you just cold read. So mm. always practice cold reading and, you know, you're driving down the street. There's a sign, read it out loud. Like you could practice anywhere. So that's a few things to prep for your audition. Um, I feel like, yeah, that's it. I feel like that's like a good core good, amount. Yeah, that's
0: do. that's a nice, uh, nice uh, primer for yeah. anyone who's really interested in doing this and what they can expect.
1: And breathe. Just breathe. If you forget to breathe, you might pass out.
0: Yeah, same as like when you're exercising. Breathe. I think I forget sometimes. (laughs) Now, Gabrielle, you've always wanted to do acting, uh, but you went to college for business. Uh, Why business and how has that helped you in your career? So I went to school for
1: business because show business, you know, you're performing, but it's also a business. And for me personally, I am my own business. I am a brand and I'm Gabrielle Cody. That is my brand. I'm an actor. So it's a business. And not only is it a passion, something I love to do, but it's a job. And when you have a job, you're making money at it. So how are you going to help better prepare yourself for your job? And that's why I went to college for business. So in business class, we're learning about contracts and legal things, and that, when I learned that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to continue this, and I'm going to graduate with a degree in this, because before I had my, my team that was able to help me with this stuff, I was on my own. And when you're reading these contracts, and you're new to this, and you don't know anybody else you know, in the business, you're just looking at these contracts, and you're going, oh my gosh. It can is be this intimidating. Funny. Yeah, and you don't know if you're you're signing your life away, that like, you don't really know, and there's all these big words, and you just, you don't know. So For me, business class was able to teach me how to read these things, know what they're doing, know if it's right or not, and know if I were to sign something and they change it, I can go back and refute it and go, look, X, Y, Z happened. You're not able to do that legally. Like We'd have to break the contract. So it's able to help prepare you in case there is an issue down the line with your money, with getting paid on time, with paying your agents, with signing with them or they're trying to break it. There's always just to protect yourself and also – it can protect your reps once you have them. You also can just you have more knowledge, and I feel like the more knowledge the better it is in this industry. Yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, when they want to get into acting, you know, mm-hmm. um, just like in everything else, they they focus on the show part of the business. <laughs> they 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 do so much, and um, you can you can do so much. But if you really want to reach that next level, you do need to know the business of what you're doing. Um, so what's what's like a tip for someone who really wants to do this what what is one thing that they can do today to further their career
1: I think the first thing is to be self-motivated and be confident in yourself and that you can do it no matter where you are no matter where you're from that if you believe in yourself you can do it that's the first step mm-hmm. you got you got to be confident you gotta not necessarily. If you're not confident, it doesn't mean you can't do this. But you need to know within yourself just a little bit that you can even grow to be more confident in this career. And you've got to know that you can do it and that you want to do it. And as, as long as you set your mind to it and you're self-motivating, you can do it. And I think that's the first step. Because if you don't believe in yourself, I've been told this a ton of times too, no one's going to believe in you. So if you walk into that room and you don't believe you're going to book that job, well then why are they going to hire you? Why, why are they then not going to believe that? they want to hire you if you don't even believe in yourself that's one thing you can do and it's free
0: right <laughs> <laughs> right believe in yourself and be motivated um yes. and it you know it's just like confidence too is like learning a skill it is a skill you know for yeah. some people some people comes very naturally um but a lot of those a lot of the times um people have to build towards that And, you know, it's like anything else, you know, if you're if you're dedicated to your craft, you've practiced your craft over and over and over. Um, If you never talk to anybody or, you know, you you go around talking to peers at a film festival like, oh, well, I really haven't done too much. It's like, well, no, you're a filmmaker. You have a film in a film festival like you're you're a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you got to you got to be that person. You got to you got to rise to that role. Um, Otherwise, what are they going to remember about you?
1: Exactly. And I feel like even if you're not working at that moment, it doesn't not make you a filmmaker or an actor. You know, there's always breaks. And I feel like a lot of people go through this too, where you're like, oh, I'm not booking. So I'm not going to call myself an actor. Like I got to constantly be working and booking. And no, like you're a working actor. There's going to be, you know, a phase where you're not getting any jobs or where you're not getting auditions or where you're not making a film or you're not meeting your, you know, GoFundMe or your, for your movies to like, there's always a time when you're not working, and that's okay. And that's a good thing. I feel like that silence of not working or not booking it gives you time to reflect. It gives you time to see what you can do different, do better, so you can work smarter and not necessarily work harder. You know, at some in some ways. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Um, and and two, you know, there's always something that even if you're not working, you can do to better yourself. Take an acting class. Um, <clears throat> like you said, get lights. And just learn, you know, basic lighting, get a flat background or whatever, just even to learn some of the stuff behind the camera can be very useful. And just what we're doing right now, talking filmmaker to actor Mm -hmm. and learning from each other. There's, there's so much out there you can just learn from other people.
1: Yeah. There's, um, what did I do? I did, I had a friend and she was an acting coach and she ended up going into being a business coach. Mm-hmm. And I was taking classes with her on not how to act, but how to be confident within yourself and your business and what to do and how to, how to grow it. And we did these things. So if you ever want something, if anyone's you know out there thinking, what can I do? What she told us was to do a gratitude journal. Every morning you wake up and you write down five to 10 things you're grateful for. And every day you'll start to realize that there's better and better things that you might not have realized before in your life that are good. and. When you take that positive energy and you have that, you can then, at the end of the day, write down goals, say, for the week, for the next month, for five months, for the next year, and write down a couple of goals you want to hit so you can hit them for acting or filmmaking. So you're always being grateful every morning you wake up. And then when you go to bed, you just see your goals and see what you're working towards or what you're doing to help get you towards that goal. So that's something you can also do to help self-motivate. Or books. There's this book that I love called The Alchemist. It is really, really good. And oh, you got to check it out. Everyone that reads it has a different, they get something different from it. And it's the book I read in English class in high school when I wanted to really go all the way with this acting career and do it and just grab it by the reins and just go and do this. And uh, yeah, The Alchemist. That was my book that I read. And I talked to a lot of other creatives and they love that book too.
0: Hmm. It's so weird. It's a
1: thing. I don't know. I'll
0: but have it. To check it out. It sounds like <clears throat> alchemy.
1: <laughs> no, uh, maybe a little bit of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, for for like that for the one book to to influence people in different ways. That's that's intriguing.
1: And every time you read it again, you get a different meaning from it. I kid you not, it's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah,
0: that's going mm-hmm. on my list.
1: <laughs> it has to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, um, so you're from the New Jersey, New York area. Yes. Um, but I know you've been doing a lot in L.A. recently. How, mm-hmm. how, is that, um, how are the two areas different? And do you think you'll be spending more time in one than the other? Maybe. Hopefully. And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they're definitely different. I always thought, eh, maybe not. We'll see. And then I went out there. It's completely different from the New York market. I mean, everyone's working hard. Everyone's doing their craft. And you're around a ton of creatives. Of course, across the board. Um, But New York, it definitely, it depends on who you ask, but I definitely think New York is more theater-based, for sure. I mean, there's film, there's television, there's commercials, always. But there's a lot of uh, theater there, not film. Hmm. There still is, but there's more theater-based. And when I went to L.A., barely any theater, and completely film and television-based, I was shocked. I mean, constantly, they're just putting things out like no tomorrow. It was just constant. The, the grind was it was insane. And it's very different. Um, For me personally, I found that in LA, everyone kind of had, and of course in New York, they're business minded as well there. But for some reason in LA, it's like they were more about, for me, the business side. It was very interesting to see the different dynamics. I don't know, just out there, I loved it personally. And I think maybe because they're more based in film and television, and that's the route that I've, been going in that I kind of clicked with them over there, okay. and I don't know, I just loved it. I, this, I think I'm going to be in LA way more often. Very different. Um, the acting classes, there's a ton. I mean, constant. And I feel like the acting classes out there, from my own experience, were cheaper than New York. Okay. For film and TV, yeah. It was very And then you met theater actors out there that were like, you know, I really want to go to New York. And I'm like, you know what? Do it. You got to. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like the theater capital of the country. You have to. So yeah, and everyone's from different walks of life. I've never met so many different people because a lot of them came from the East Coast, so they knew, you know, like New Jersey jokes and stuff, like about the Jersey Shore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're like, yes. (laughs) So you just meet so many different people out there. And same with New York, but I feel like New York, it's a lot of it's mostly East Coast-based actors, sure, and people that want to do theater versus LA. It's just everyone wants to do film and TV. And some theater, they, they have Union Theater out there. Mm. Everyone is, like, on their stuff out there. It is amazing. Everyone's on their A-game all the time. It's it's insane. It's awesome. But I feel like out there, it's a lot of people around, like, my age, too. And everyone's having, you know, the day jobs, and they understand the struggle. It's just really cool, and it's different. And New York, I love it, too. I feel like, though, for me, it, it was different because I am closer to home when I'm in New York. So, because I live in Jersey. So, it, was, it I don't know. Different but good.
0: <laughs> Different atmospheres.
1: Right?
0: Mhm. Yeah. yeah. So Gabrielle, you first went out to LA. Obviously, you wanted to work in television, film, um, so commercials. Where did you start, and what was your approach to getting into La La Land?
1: <laughs> oh jeez. Okay. So for me, well, finances—it's a huge thing. And I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it or, you know, it's in the back of their mind, but I think finances need to be at the forefront of any conversation to do with acting because it is an investment
0: Mm.
1: and it's going to be a lot. I mean, it's not, it's not going to break your wallet. You shouldn't be, you know, selling your house for it necessarily, but it it is an expense and it's an investment and there's monthly recurring costs. So for me, my first step was finances. And I I work a part-time job, so when I was in college I was also working three to four times a week to make money. So before I went out to La La Land, I was saving up a ton of money, making sure everything was in in order so I can go out there. And I was looking at Airbnbs, I was looking at Verbo, I was looking at all these different places that were renting not even rooms, it was I think 199 square feet I was living in like a box, but I'm okay with that because the people that I was renting from, thankfully they were so nice, so sweet, and it's kind of a little thing. Because when you're there you're you're not really there to hang out in your room all day when you're going to Lala Land, you're right. there to explore, to learn, to go out. So I was able to spend less on a room so I could put more money towards classes and mm. towards, you know, being able to Uber everywhere and to, you know, do other things to casting director workshops and not even that, just going to meet with people to figure out and learn and network about this industry, you know? So I think the first step is to figure out your finances. And that's what I did.
0: That's good. That's from that's from a business graduate. So <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. important. And things are expensive out there, right? A lot more so than here. I mean, we think New Jersey and New York are expensive.
1: Mm, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's nothing compared to LA. Oh. Let me tell you. I mean, the gas on its own is like four twenty nine, four eighty nine, on a good day.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: it was expensive. Uh, Yeah, it's it's um, and a lot of people I met, they're like, well, we can just hang out, but I don't really want to be friends because are you are you gonna just leave in a year? And I'm like, no, no, I'm moving back. So a lot of people out there are so used to making friends and being so tight with these these people that they're meeting, and then they just end up getting up and leaving because they. They get to another house. They can't afford it. The roommate leaves. now, And I think the cheapest on rent for a studio, cheap, like dirt cheap would be, dirt cheap considered in quotations, is like 1800 maybe, maybe. But usually if you want to be in an area that has like a security system or maybe a bathroom or a bed, like one bedroom, not a studio, is like 2300 Because hmm. I have done intensive research to move out there and it's, and if you live in the valley versus living in Hollywood, it's a lot, because then you got to get over the mountain to get into town. So are you willing to do that and pay an Uber and sit in your car for 45 minutes? I mean, I liked the view of sitting in my car and looking down at the, the mountains and, oh, can't go off. That's pretty scary. Like, you yeah. know, drop <laughs> down, a little scary, <laughs> got to say. how to get used to that. Um, but, yeah, you really need to, you need to think. So, yeah, it, it, there's, yeah. From a business student, finances, you got to think about. And it's expensive. I mean, classes out there are cheaper, but food's more expensive. So so is gas. So is rent. So, like, out here, like, Jersey, New York, we take a train ride up to the city, and I can walk to my audition, but my train ticket's, like, 30 bucks round trip. Not bad. But I'm also not close enough, like, in L.A. If I'm, the next day I'm filming, I can't fly out there. Or my plane ticket out there is going to be 800 to just get out there the next day. So, you know, Give and take, you have to think what works best for you and what you're willing to sacrifice or yeah, you know, not sacrifice.
0: Yeah. And uh, when you're going into these auditions with you know people who are famous and powerful, <laughs> um, there's there can be some intimidation there, and I know you had spoken about you know you have to project confidence, but at the same time you have to project um, or you you have to maintain um your own standards and and everything and you don't want to jump into something that you're uncomfortable with yes
1: so i i really think that every actor goes through their own learning process with when and how and i i am still sometimes horrified to go into an audition if i get a little nervous you know It's normal, but I think you can't allow your anxiety, your fear, your, oh my God, it's a big name, because guess what, in the end, they're just human. They really are, and LA's really good with that, because every, you see famous people going to the grocery, I mean, they're everywhere. So for people that live there, or that have been acting there for a while, they're like, oh yeah, I just saw him down there, like no biggie. So you gotta know that you're going into these rooms, and I've even been told out in LA that the casting directors and these big name, you know, people, they're actually rooting for you. They want to find the person that is going to make their job complete. You know what, they found that next great actor, they found that next great actress. They just want, they're, they're not not rooting for you, they are. They want to see you succeed. So when you go into a room or you're going into these these places with some big name people, they were once in your shoes too. You know, everyone starts from the bottom, usually. And you just gotta kind of remember that, which I know is hard. It is so hard to remember that, it really is. And. We gotta breathe. Gotta remember who you are. Gotta like be confident, which I know. But if you keep telling yourself to be confident. It'll finally sink in. Trust me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just you gotta know that they're just humans like us, and they're really rooting for you. They're not trying to say like, oh my God, you're bad. And guess what? Uh, sometimes they'll get notes. They'll send them back to you or your agent and tell you like what you could have changed or fixed, or they'll let you do it again. And I've had that in rooms where they'll be like, take it back, do it again, do it this way, and then they'll be like, wow, great, that was what we were looking for. So don't, and also what I've learned is that you don't want to go in pleasing them. You don't want to go, okay, I've got to do this because maybe they'll like it. Oh, maybe they'll like this instead. Because they don't want what you're going to give them to please them. They want to see what you've brought to the table. Hmm. They want to see what you're bringing to this character, what you're doing, who you are. And they want to see little specks of that in the character, who you are yourself. And that's when they'll like it. That's when they'll hire you. But if they, they can see, they said it too, like my acting coaches, they're like, Trust me, these people can see through you. If It looks like you're nervous. They can tell you're rushing. They can tell that you're not there present. You just got to be present and focused and just show them what you bring into the table. That's it. That's all they can ask for. Seriously.
0: So be authentic.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Be authentic.
0: <laughs> That's great. That's a good uh, cheer. Be authentic. Um. <laughs> authentic. <laughs> if you're nervous, think about it. Just think about it. Uh, but that's a very good point, too, because you know they see so many people a day. Um, a lot of times, I, I would think you know you go in and you're like, oh, they see so many people, I'm just one person. How do I stand out? Mm-hmm. And you you do have to stand out, but you also got to think, you know, am I right for this project? Like that's really what they're looking for. They mm-hmm. don't want to put you into something that isn't gonna work for you because then it doesn't work for you and it doesn't work for them. so they're they're really trying to fit you to your strengths. Oh, yeah.
1: And like like they always say, if you can't book the job, book the room. Because if you book the room, next time if they see an opportunity, they'll be like, you know what? I really liked her. She or he, they were that good. You know what? I'm going to bring them in for this role. And there's stories of people that just have amazing auditions, and but they just can't get booked until that one spot opens up and it's like, you know what? That's a fit. And it really is if you fit for the project or not. And none of it's in your control except you coming in, showing up, believe in yourself and doing your
0: job, that's it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. now I know in this era, there's there's been a lot of talk about red flags and things, and people are being more open about it. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that, any advice that you can offer?
1: Keeping yeah. that in mind. Mm-hmm. So only from like my experience, I know there's gonna, you can look like, go online and find like other things that really nitty gritty that I can tell you legally, like in contracts if you're signing something. If it's okay or not, you can ask your team if you have one. But for me, red flags, in general, listen to your gut. Number one, I think, like everybody says, if your gut is saying something or it feels weird and you're like, "Mm," listen to it because I have had that experience where I've I've gone into meetings trying to meet an agent or a manager and my gut's been like, and I go in and it's just a bunch of red flags. So other red flags would be, like on your contract, if you're paying, you do not pay agents or managers for anything also you don't pay to be in a production so you don't pay to audition none of that the only thing you're paying for is if you're going to see somebody talk
0: Mm.
1: that's it and usually when you go to those things they cannot take your headshot or resume so like I mentioned before casting director workshops those used to be a thing but not really anymore and if it is they will not take your headshot or resume because legally they can't do that they're just there to provide you with information so you really should not be paying for absolutely anything unless it is an informational session or meeting not everyone is bad it's very few and far between but you need to you know be careful also signing on the spot you should never ever sign on the spot ever one takeaway do not sign anything on the spot i don't care if you like it they're great and you're going to sign with them don't you take that contract home you bring it to your parents if they can understand like what you're reading and or if they're a lawyer or bring it to a lawyer or someone that's been in this business for a very long time that knows what they're doing and has their own contracts with managers and agents or what I've also heard is if you're interested in having an agent, you can say, look, I got this contract, you know, for if you're trying to hire or they're trying to hire you in a movie, you can say, look, I got this contract for like a movie or a TV show or um, anything like that. And that actually will make the agent want to maybe sign with you or maybe they'll want to work with you and try a little like six month freelance period and they can help you negotiate. So that's also a way you can try to get an agent or manager to sign you who's like, look, well, hey, I need this help. And you're genuine and honest. You need that help. So they might be willing to help you. Now if you're trying to get an agent or manager, of course you don't send that to another agent or manager. Right. <laughs> that would be really weird. <laughs> but you just you need to pinpoint and also like resume um their resume, you need to look that up. You need to see what they've worked with, who they've worked with, what they've done. You need to make sure they're credible. And if they're a new company, new agent, you know, give them a chance. They're probably not bad. They're probably just starting out like you once did. But there's just, also when you're going into a place like red flags for an audition, never ever should you have to strip. I'm not quite sure because I haven't had auditions like that, but there are times where they'll say, are you comfortable with this? Or are you comfortable showing this? And you will just answer, you know, on your casting profile and you won't then do any of that until the day of filming. You would never end an audition. Only kissing, I believe, would then be allowed. Which, you know, I've done in auditions too. But that's when you get to so far up mm-hmm. to like a chemistry read, or you're doing a test, and you got to kiss and see if it's gonna work. But other than that, you should not be stripping. None of that, because also that just if you don't feel comfortable with that, you don't need to do it with anything. If they said you need to kiss, you could tell them, hey, not comfortable. X Y Z. You know, there's you don't need to do what everyone tells you to do. You, like, you are yourself, you need to make sure that you're okay with everything, and you know your managers and agents, if you have a team, they're really cool with that, like, you just tell them ahead of time, or you text them in between and say, like, hey, I'm uncomfortable, please, like, you know, help me, let, let them know, mm-hmm. so everyone's really rooting for you, and you just gotta, those are some red flags you definitely gotta watch out for.
0: Good, great info. Gabrielle, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. Um, is there a place where we can see your work or your social media that we can send people
1: oh sure yeah so instagram it's at gabrielle Cody. but also imdb it is at gabrielle Cody. and over there you can find all the links if you have an imdb pro account you can see all my stuff there too
0: great and i'll have those links in the description gabrielle thank you so thank much you. for going indie depth
1: thank you andrew